Hello and welcome to Being Boss episode number 62, brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Today we are talking all about partnering up and I feel like we've done an episode on this before, but since then we've had a lot more happen in our own business with each other and it's kind of like the rubber meets the road whenever you have serious things to discuss like what happens if one of us dies. (laughs) So we're kicking it up a notch. Right. So I really wanted this episode and I don't know if you're down Emily, but I really wanted to kind of have a check-in with you and almost record one of our planning slash, you know, strategy meetings on air. Snap! What do you think? I'm down. Let's go. Get your business together. Get yourself into what you do and see it through. Being boss is hard. Blending work and life is messy. Making a dream job of your own isn't easy. But getting paid for it becoming known for it, and finding purpose in it is so doable if you do the work. Being Boss is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs brought to you by Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Check out our archives at lovebeingboss.com. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing software designed to help creative entrepreneurs get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. A lot of people are really curious about FreshBooks, and if you've never used an accounting software before, FreshBooks makes it so easy. So I wanted to spend just a minute talking about setting up FreshBooks. Literally, you're going to go in and set up an account, and one of the first things that you'll do is enter in a client, and you'll enter in an estimate for the client, or you can start tracking your time to a project. And then it's so easy to send out an invoice with your logo on it. It's super professional. Your client can then pay you directly through that email link, or they can cut you a check and send it in the mail. It's just really, really super easy. Um, So if you're feeling intimidated by having an accounting software and that's been keeping you from being boss, don't let it stop you. Just go sign up, try a free trial today by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. You will not regret it. So first off, I mean, let's do a little bit of rewind because for those of you who have not listened to the other partnering episode, I think that whenever it comes to partnering up, um, it's important to kind of court who you want to go into business with. It's a lot like a marriage. So you're going to date first. You're going to see if you like each other. Get to second base. Get to second base before you go all the way. (laughs) So I am obviously business partners with my sister and okay, so actually this really came up because our friends Jenny and Sophie of Primed Marketing, or is it Primed? Uh, I always thought it was Primed, now I don't know. I always thought Primed because Sophie is British and she has a very proper, prim and proper accent. They're they're both just adorable. They are Prim and Prime, so either way. Shout out to Jenny and Sophie, but they have both asked us multiple times how we handle (laughs) partnerships and I feel like we've always kind of like skirted the question because we were like I don't know like we just kind of have conversations and kind of doggy paddle through the shallow end together (laughs) but we've definitely gotten to areas where we've been in the deep end and we've had to discuss some serious things and I don't think it's the end of serious discussions for us so um 
we're going to be talking about that kind of stuff today. But first, we need to rewind a little bit and talk about finding a good partner. So, Emily, how would you say that, like, you and I chose to partner with each other? I think I think we had just courted each other for so long and, like, really just become friends um, that, like, we could have just stayed, like, once a month Skype buddies. But partnering up on something was kind of, like, taking it to the next level. Like, that was, like, getting engaged. <laughs> was, well, and... <laughs> Where's my promise ring? I know, right? Well, who says you get one and not me? I'm the girl in this relationship. <laughs> Edit that out. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that I'm the girl. <laughs> yep, that's your problem. Or maybe yeah. we should leave it in. If I'm going to be like, this is a real conversation. <laughs> this is just the kind of stuff we say. Right. It's fine. Um. So what were we saying? I got lost. Oh, so no, I think um, I think for us, it was just the next step in our relationship. If we uh, we could have stayed once a month Skype buddies, but um, I don't know, deciding to partner on a project. And at that time, it wasn't like a business. Like it was just like business was even the next step after starting a project together. Um, I think it was just how we took it to the next level. Okay, so I also want to mention here, um, and point out that we started being boss as a project. And, but even before that, we had started working together professionally because you had hired us, we had hired you. So we had worked together in like a client type of relationship. And then we started sharing some of our own clients. So we really started to get a feel for each other's working style, which I think was really helpful whenever it comes to partnering up yeah working style but also work ethic like I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces is is once you work with someone like we had worked with each other and you're right like as clients of each other's but also in sharing clients and and sort of doing these projects together where we were both working with clients um we both got to see like what each other's work ethic was like like is this going to be someone that I actually want to work with and that I'm going to depend on in terms of work and and doing something with you? Um, so yes, working style, but also work ethic is very important. So I think that whenever um, people think about partnering up, they're, I think a lot of times they're really looking for a magic bullet. And I would discourage against that because nobody is a magic bullet in your business. There's no one that is going to come in and figure it out for you. So really, even though kind of like, I feel like I can rely on you, Emily, for a lot of things to figure things out for me and Tara, but really more important than that is really just someone that you kind of want to do business with. Like, you know, just like a marriage, you want to marry someone that you want to do life with. Well, in business, you want to partner up with someone that you don't mind being in the trenches with. So that's first and foremost. Go back and listen to that episode on partnering up because I feel like we cover a lot of stuff there. I'm going to go ahead and move on because I think a lot of people, whenever they think about partnering up, they immediately jump to the legal side of things. And you and I didn't legally start anything together until quite recently. And I feel like maybe on our last episode, we had just established an LLC. Right. Yeah, I think Um, so. And so the next step in our business, which is now what a year is being boss a little little over a year year old. Okay. So this as a project is a little bit over a year old as an official entity. It is a little over six months old. So it took us six months just to file an LLC. And basically it was because we started making money and it was 
um, all going into Indie Shopography's bank account. And we needed to figure out a way to just really better traffic the money. <laughs> David was so stressed out. <laughs> was so stressed. It needed to be in its own place. So it just kind of kept things a little bit more clean. But it still, in some ways, feels like a project that is being split between Braid Creative and Indie Shopography, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But it, it was just a project that started to warrant its own bank account. Um, okay. So just recently, we decided to go ahead and get an operating agreement in place. And this is important because now we're making enough money. It's the amount of money that could ruin a friendship or ruin a partnership if we don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Well, and not even not even like ruin a friendship in terms of like, I'm mad at you because I want my half the money, but like things could happen, like just in general. Um, like it, we're getting legit enough that there are lots of moving parts and you know, what happens if, I don't know what, what, what happens if has pretty much been the sentence of the week <laughs> in terms exactly. of this operating agreement. Um, because yeah, it is, we, we're doing enough things. We're making enough money. We're making enough of an impact. We're reaching enough people that we just needed to get all of our ducks in a row, um, and really make sure that, um, that legally everything was just situated so that we can move forward without this looming, without looming what ifs. Like we talked about what all the what ifs are and uh, came up with an operating agreement to answer hopefully all of them, definitely a lot of them. But it took some serious thinking. So here's <laughs> it how took it us went. weeks. <laughs> so here's how it went down. Um, originally, Emily and I thought kind of approached being boss as a Braid Creative and Indie Shopography project. So, so that you guys know behind the scenes, whenever we make money, it goes into being boss. And then that money is paid out to Braid Creative and Indie Shopography. Emily splits her indie income with David, and I split my braid income with my sister, Tara, who's my business partner there. So really the the being boss income is being split four ways between between four individuals in Two entities. Right. And, and that's from. also after we pay for our teams to do the work that they do and then all like the subscriptions and things that oh, right. we need that's to just make profit. all the things go. Yeah. So yeah. So that's just profit. So to even figure out the money situation, Indie Shopography and Braid Creative decided to hire the same CPA to handle all of our taxes, even though our businesses are totally separate just so that she could kind of understand how being boss fits in the picture um, as, as kind of this umbrella entity. Not that being boss owns Braid and Indie, but it was just confusing because she was then thinking of being boss as like a third business whenever really it's just a project that gives Braid and Indie a lot of money. Yeah. It's very confusing, guys. (laughs) So this is the kind of stuff that is confusing to talk about. And maybe not everyone would have these same circumstances whenever going into a partnership. But um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the questions that we really had to think hard about. Yeah. And one of them was, how will ownership be divided? Who owns what percentage of being boss? So there are basically two options, three options here. It could be Tara, David, Emily, and Kathleen, all 25% each. And I think that you and I felt 
pretty good about that. Yeah, I think we were, in the beginning, we were all game about that. Like, that was the plan, was that it would be Braid and Indy, and because Braid is the two of you and Indy is the two of us, that it would just be 25 each for the four of us to do this thing in the middle. Um, So then we were like, what if Tara and David decide to overthrow us and they're 50% of this thing. <laughs> then you guys would be listening to a very different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it kind of became clear, like, okay, this really is the Emily and Kathleen show as much as we need David and Tara behind the scenes, which a lot of people don't see, which is a whole other episode. Um, so we decided ultimately, okay, so that was one, one option is mm-hmm. that David, Tara, Kathleen, and Emily all split 25%. Another option was that Braid and Indy, as entities, split being boss 50-50. But then there was a question of, like, what if Tara booted me out of Braid? Right. Or what what if if someone bought Indy? Exactly. Or what if, I don't know, all kinds of what if, a million what ifs. A ton of what ifs. (laughs) So then it ultimately came down to Emily and Kathleen splitting being boss 50-50. Yes. Um, and so that's what we're doing, but it was, it was kind of difficult getting to that decision. Well, it it was a year in the making more or less to get to that decision because even really early on, like whenever we, it was a project and we were talking about it becoming, you know, this thing, it was like, Oh, it'll be a braid and indie thing. And then, and then it came in, well, maybe it shouldn't be, it should be the four of us. And then like, it literally took us a year to sort of piece together the entire puzzle and this is from conversations with our lawyer from conversations with our cpa from conversations just amongst all four of us um that we had to sort of piece together everything we needed to know in terms of what is going to be not necessarily the easiest because it's not always about doing the easiest thing but um but it also kind of is when it comes to like legal matters and whenever it comes to like financial matters sometimes doing the easiest thing (laughs) is the easiest and best thing to do um so for us it was um just a little more cut and dry more of a line in the sand slash concrete that um it was easier for us to do the two of us um after putting all the pieces together but then from that, we decided, so there was like a note and the note is that Braden and Indy get the payouts from being boss for now, but that maybe what happens is you and I, Emily, revisit the operating agreement once a year and see if that's still relevant or if that makes sense or if anything has changed. True that. Hey bosses, did you have a case of FOMO? That stands for the fear of missing out. When you saw all the Being Boss magic go down for our Being Boss vacation in New Orleans? Fear not, friends, because we are planning another boss vacation this spring in Miami! Miami. (laughs) So it was really hard to figure out what location to go to, but we've never been to Miami. And the reason why we do these boss vacations is to cultivate our creative pack, see different parts of the world, get some face time with each other, connect with each other, and live the boss life. So to learn more details about this boss vacation, just go to lovebeingboss.com slash Miami. We hope to see you there. Um, okay, here is another one that I thought was really a really interesting question. Um, 
Oh, and I just want to say this because we're talking about hiring a lawyer and a CPA. I think that that can be really intimidating for people because there's money going into it. And I don't think it's always entirely necessary. Again, I just want to reiterate, we didn't even have an LLC until six months in. We are just now hiring the same uh, CPA and a lawyer. And this is a note that I want to make on the lawyer. So our lawyer is Autumn Whit Boyd, and we'll be sure to link to her in the show notes. She's been really helpful um, to us personally, but then also to our Being Boss community in the Facebook page. Um, I feel, and we'll have to talk about this because there are different things when it comes to lawyers. So I think of her as representing being boss and having being boss, uh, being boss's best interest in mind. But if at any point, Emily, you and I started to disagree, or if we had our own lawyers, then like our own individual lawyers might look over these contracts as well and say, Hmm, I don't know about that. You know, but we, I think that this is a place where you and I could both say, we both trust autumn enough to represent both of us within the context of being boss and that it's fine, but not everyone would do that. So if you do have your own lawyer and your partner has their own lawyer, you might have those lawyers look over another operating agreement, you know, individually and separately. Um, but that's just a lot of lawyers. <laughs> I know that sounds and gross. and more money and more money. So this is like I just wanted to point this out because this is a decision that we had to make that we would share the same lawyer, and even that is a kind of a big decision. Yeah, okay, we're so totally here's another in bed together now like, hardcore. <laughs> <I know>. oh, <laughs> we're, yes. So here's another interesting question: um, Are members required to devote all their time and energy to the company? So being boss. Or are they allowed to be part of other businesses and hold a job? We both gave a resounding hell no to this one. (laughs) (laughs) That they are both, that we're both allowed to be part of other businesses and hold a job. But then whenever we really started digging into it, we asked a few questions I have highlighted that we actually maybe need to talk to Autumn about is, is there a roles clause or like a minimum duties because we are splitting this 50-50 if at any point one of us feels like we're carrying more weight or if one of us feels distracted by another job, you know, we just want to keep things fair. So we wrote down, you know, maybe we have a roles clause or a minimum duties clause. Should we include something stating uh, minimum duties or what each partner is expected to do? So this actually opened up a new conversation this week about what are our minimum roles for being boss? What do we actually want to be doing? Because whenever it we first launched this project, it was kind of literally just showing up and recording. You were handling editing. I was kind of handling the content, right? Right. And sponsors, but then, and not even sponsors in the beginning, you know, that was something I took on a little bit later. And so as our business grows, our roles grow and we're not always in totally clear communication about what those roles are. So we have another meeting now set (laughs) to discuss those things. And I do want to discuss those things a little bit later in this podcast, again, just to show what a real conversation about our roles would look like. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I think that we both went into this question, this idea of can we hold other jobs because or with the idea that, of course, we can because we both have other businesses and neither of us intend in any way to leave um, leave the businesses that we've built like fully in order to do being boss, um, especially not contra- contractually. Like I can't imagine writing that in right now um, that, you know, I can't work for Indy and you can't work for Braid. Um, but, 
you know, after diving in, we certainly like, I mean, there are just, there are tons of what ifs, tons of little questions we need to ask um, to sort of come up with all of this stuff. Um, I can't believe we're talking about this again. I know. I know. (laughs) Emily was like so terrified to talk about this in the first place. And now we're talking about it on air. So what happened was, I just want to share this. What happened was Tara and I went off on our own and answered all these questions together, just me and Tara. And Emily and David went to a coffee shop and answered the questions on their own. And then basically what we did is all four of us came together in a Skype session and um, we all discussed, like we compared and contrasted our answers. And so that was even interesting too, because here we've got Tara and David, and ultimately we decided that being boss is me and you. But I think it just goes to show how much we need Tara and David in our business to to make it happen and to help us make really smart decisions. Okay, so this was the most complicated question, I think. One of the most complicated Do you want a non-compete provision that prohibits the members from opening or working for a competing company? Ooh, that one is a loaded question if ever there were one. So our initial concern, me and Tara, whenever we were talking this over, we were like, yes, kind of. Like we kind of want a non-compete provision. But the question is, at what point did Braid and Indie Shopography compete with being boss? So we were actually worried about our own businesses competing with our own business. <laughs> okay, so then... <laughs> Do you see then, why what, I didn't want to have this conversation? <laughs> and then what point did you bring up, Emily? Because um, I felt you like you brought up a really good point mm-hmm. in the conversation that we hadn't even thought of. Yeah, so my point in this was, um, was really kind of along the same lines almost in that very often, and we both experienced this with our own clients under Indian Braid, sometimes people want to hear about podcasting, like how to create a podcast. And... If we in our separate businesses are helping other creatives start a podcast, isn't that kind of competing? And well, I guess is it? And if it is, can do we have to stop doing that? And if it isn't, how is it not? If all the other things can be. So um so that was one of my big points with this was um was in how it is that we work with our own clients. Um, but I did love the idea that you that you guys had brought up in terms of Indian braid competing with being boss on the more narrowed point of the content that we share as indie and as braid is really the content that we share at being boss is just we mix it all up and put it out together. Um, right. And then, and then what's confusing is at this point, I know enough about running an online business and you run, you know enough about personal branding that we kind of share an expertise now and we can both speak on those things very easily. Yeah. So, okay. So here's what we ended up saying. Oh, and then we also talked about distractions versus competition. So that really goes back to that minimum roles clause where if, if we don't have a non-compete and we can take on other jobs, um, jobs that even kind of compete with being boss, we just don't want to distract we don't want to distract our time and energy and efforts from this brand that we both agreed to build together. So that's kind of confusing too. And that's still kind of a question. So here's what we ultimately decided. We decided to have a conditional non-compete. So what we literally wrote into this is 
<laughs> if something comes up, let's have a conversation about it. It's not a non-compete, but we promise to be good people. So we kind of created this good people clause, and I put it in, we actually defined what that means. So good people means if something feels funny, we have a conversation about it. If we mess up, we don't sue each other, but we could apologize. For example, we won't say no if Oprah calls. So this is like our, our real example. Let's say Oprah calls Emily. And it's like, Emily, I want you to come on the Oprah show. Um, you know, technically, that could have been a well, well, yeah, our, our thing situation. Was, well, our thing was, because th- this is also something else we talked about. Like, can either of us start other podcasts? So, like, even if they're super not related, like, is it a competitive thing? Because podcasting is this whole realm in itself. And um, so what if Oprah calls me? As it may very well happen one day. She's going to call me up. <laughs> and um, she Sorry, wants, I didn't mean to laugh like that. <laughs> whatever, Kathleen. I get it. Uh, I've got your number. Um, she calls and she wants me to start like an Oprah podcast where I am. I, I, what it was Tara had this really great story behind it. It was like I'm going to be like a live reporter of something awesome. And um, of course, my first reaction was, "Well, can Kathleen come?" And Oprah says, "No, I only want you." So I, I, I know I'd be very sad, but it's Oprah. Like, you just don't question that. So, you don't okay. say no. Right. You so yes. that's what we literally wrote this into our clothes, into our clause. We won't say no if Oprah calls. We'll be happy for each other, but we'll also try and get each other on the Oprah show, too. <laughs> so like good people just means we're going to consider each other. And there have been a few instances I can't really even entirely think about. I oh, can. OK. For I example, can think of a couple. The period underwear people contacted oh, yes. us. So there's this brand called Thinks, and they created a line called Icon, which is if you pee yourself a little bit whenever you work out because maybe you've pushed a baby out of your hoo-ha for like an hour and a half. Um, you can wear this underwear, and even if you pee yourself a little bit, it's no big deal. So they were interested in sponsoring Being Boss, and Emily was like, uh, no. <laughs> No, we thought about it. We thought about it. We and did. that's actually whenever we decided to really start drawing a line with sponsors where, you know, if someone comes to us with the idea of like, we're going to sell out, but we're not going to sell our soul sell out, um, where we just sort of created some guidelines around what kinds of sponsors we would take for the Being Boss podcast um, and making sure that they're really people who are going to help creative entrepreneurs live and work better, um, especially that work piece, though I definitely think that period panties could help you work better. Um, I could sit I here mean, all day and not ever have to go pay. Exactly. Think about how I'm, much work I'm I could myself do. myself right now. <laughs> So, and and that's just kind of like one example. Oh, so then I was like, well, can I work with them directly? You know, and that was just a conversation that we had. We've had other opportunities too, I think, where mm-hmm. um, people have approached us to teach courses or to speak. And it was always kind of a, okay, but I prefer to speak with, you know, either Emily on behalf of being boss or with my sister on behalf of Braid, or if it's by myself, then I kind of need to run it by both of you and see, is this a braid project or being boss project, this opportunity and seeing really where the money goes. Um, So that's kind of like, that's kind of the thing is whenever we get opportunities that one of us needs to say no to really kind of talking it through. So again, it's just about having the conversation. Yeah. And it's worked out really well so far. Um, There've been multiple opportunities. 
there have been multiple opportunities. <laughs> Shit, I can't say that word today. <laughs> opportunities. There have been multiple opportunities where um, where we've both needed to go come to each other. And like, I can think of a couple emails where we're just like, hey, okay, here's what's on my plate. Here's this with this person doing this thing about this and this and this. And is any of this being boss stuff? And we're right very right back and say no do it or yes let's talk about it whatever it may be and it works out really well and I think that um that good people clause that idea that we are just going to go into this with um with the idea that whenever opportunities come our way we just sort of run it by each other and if it's a good fit for both of us we do it if it's not do it separately because we do have these other businesses that we're building um but just making sure that we're being good people about it and being open and constantly having those conversations so that we know what's going on. Okay. And on that note, there was an intellectual property question that was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. So the question was, do you want the company, so do you want Being Boss to own any copyrights, trademarks, or patents that any member creates while a member of the company? Or will the members be allowed to create and own their own IP on the side? So ultimately, we decided kind of it's a free-for-all, that members are allowed to create their own IP on the side, plus any content that comes from shared Being Boss content can be used by either member in our own digital products and services. However, here's, here's where our kind of compromise was. However, the brand headline name subtitles Being Boss is owned by the company, except for bylines, so excluding bios like Kathleen Shannon of Being Boss if I were to start my Oprah podcast. Oh, wait. Oprah's calling you. No, that's me, Kathleen. Uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So we did a double asterisk after that, just again saying we promise to be good people. Okay, but then here's what we did say. This does not mean that indie shopography can use Braid content, and Braid cannot use indie content that we've shared on Being Boss. So, for example, um, things like even like the chalkboard method, that is in the Braid e-course. So if... Emily were to teach the chalkboard method. And you know, Emily, you have shared some stuff of braids before, but you asked permission. Right. So vice versa. Conversation. Yeah, exactly. Right. I used one of your things at a recent workshop. I had You asked me about it. High five. And I asked you about it. And I said, (laughs) hey, can I use this? So that's the main thing is just like asking permission. And nine times out of 10, we're going to say yes. Um, Or it, you know, creates a new conversation where it's like, hey, I want to do this thing. And then it might be like, hey, let's do that together through being boss, you know? And I feel like that's what has happened more often than not. Right. Exactly. Emily here coming at you to talk about managing your schedule. One of the hardest things about being boss is how many people can be vying for your attention. From clients and customers to online buddies, real life friends and family and more, scheduling time to focus on your work or yourself gets more and more important the more boss you get. Our friends at Acuity Scheduling are here to help you take back your calendar, giving you the functionality you need to easily block out times for focus and leaving time open for checking in with clients and friends with an easy-to-use interface that matches your actual schedule with available appointment times, making it impossible for your schedule to get hijacked by another meeting. Schedule clients without sacrificing your soul. Sign up for your free 60-day trial of Scheduling Sanity at acuityscheduling.com slash beingboss. Now, let's get back at it. 
Okay, the final thing, and this is only really a portion of the operating agreement, and I hope Autumn doesn't sue us for sharing some of her operating <laughs> agreement questions on air. Um, but this one was really complicated and probably the one we spent the most time talking about, and I don't want to spend that much talk- time talking about it again today. I just want you guys to know that we had a long conversation about it, which was, do you want any special provisions if one member wants to quit working with the company must they sell their membership interest or can they keep it or does the other person buy them out? We had no idea. Yeah, this one, I've, I'm still thinking about this one, honestly. Like I was thinking about last night, I was, I was laying down to go to sleep. I was like. Because <laughs> that's so, a really relaxing thing to think about. I know, I know. Well, you know, when you're laying there and you're like, all the things are just rushing through your brain as you're like trying to chill out. Um I remember thinking about this because there are so many what ifs here. Like, you know, the obvious or I guess the more obvious ones or like are, you know, what if I just want to leave or what if you need to go or, you know, those sorts of things like, you know, do I have to buy you out to kick you out or do you need to buy me out if I decide that I just want to leave one day or but then there's like the less obvious ones of like, what happens if I get really sick? and like need out I don't want to or do okay, whenever I, we had this conversation though, you're, like, what? <laughs> you're like what happens if David gets really sick <laughs> it's not funny it's not funny it's not I will exactly okay what happens if David gets sick or what happens if Lily gets sick or what happens if what happens if Chattanooga loses all access to internet <laughs> Oh, hell no, you're moving. Right? I say, pack your bags, you're coming to Oklahoma. Right? Where the internet is strong, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains and the internet is strong. Good. That flat land has great internet. Um... Yeah, I think, I don't know, there there are just a million what ifs here. And is it buying someone out? Because you don't want to incentivize someone to just leave if something gets tough because things are going to get tough. Um, and you don't want to totally screw over someone who may need to leave for, you know, a super legitimate reason. Um, but you also want to make sure that, I don't know, just everything's taken care of in the event that like, just in the event that something happens one way or the other. Um, so that one was a really hard one. So like the obvious one is a buyout. Like it's even phrased in the question, the idea of like buying someone out. Um, but you know, what happens with like a product that we create together? So, you know, let's say you and I write the most awesome e-course to ever grace the internet and you use the same content after I leave, like, am I still entitled to a portion of that revenue because my content is still being sold or is there a tiered buyout or is there a complete and utter buyout or do I simply lose all access? Like million what ifs. Yeah. So we talked about, let's say Emily left and I was still selling this product that we created together. If I'm still using her image and her brand to help promote it, because let's say she does become Oprah then, um, then yeah, right. Like she deserves yeah. a portion of it, but is that portion 50, 50, I kind of am leaning towards, we still split product 50, 50 forever. That was my thoughts on it. But then we had even more conversations around that and more what ifs, and that kind of changed our answer a little bit. So the point of what I'm trying to say here is sometimes these questions led to more questions and in some ways that's okay. 
And in some ways, you know, the things that we thought that we were going to be kind of strict on, we were actually a lot more lax on like non-competes and intellectual property. Some of the things that I thought that we'd be more lax on, we were a little bit more strict on, like don't, don't leverage the being boss brand for your own personal gain unless we're splitting it. So it's just kind of, it's, it's really interesting. Okay. I want to point out one other thing that I learned here. If that's cool. Absolutely. Go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, going back to Jenny and Sophie asking us about partnering up and kind of skirting the question. One of the things that Jenny mentioned to me in an email was I want to know about partnering and I, it's a conversation I want to be having, but it's kind of different for you and Tara because you're sisters or even for you and David, because you're common law. Um, (laughs) He's my baby daddy. (laughs) So, um, it, it is different in some ways, but I'll tell you this, Tara and I went through the operating agreement kind of for our own business for braid. And it was even more difficult to, was it? it was more difficult for us to fill out for me and her than it was for all of us to do for being boss. And it's because it is so, we are so like psychically and emotionally and biologically connected that it was really hard to make certain decisions because, and and, I mean, Tara and I have gotten in some pretty heavy conversations where, I mean, I even, I'll be completely honest, as of a couple of months ago, I thought I was completely going to leave Braid just to work on being boss. Like it just felt like the clean thing to do. Um, like, you know, just kind of just compartmentalizing our own roles within braid. It got really confusing because I'm spending so much time on being boss. Like, what does that mean for my roles in braid? And what does that mean? You know, shifting my roles from one thing to another, do I still deserve to get paid the same amount? And does she deserve to get half of my half of being boss? You know what I mean? So really tricky questions and, um, lots of tears, And so for me, it's been more complicated being in business with my sister in some ways easier because there's this sort of shorthand there. But, um, that, that said, it's been really easy being in business with you, Emily, but, um, in a lot of ways, really complicated because it's just so easy to get really personal, really fast. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with all of that. Whenever so, David and I also did one, and we actually found it much easier to do the one just between the two of us than it was to do the being boss one. And for us, it was really just the fact that there were so many people involved. Like it was easier for us to just sort of draw some lines between like the two of us versus drawing lines between four different or like between four of us. Um, but I mean, in all of it, like these are really heavy conversations. I mean, we got our questionnaire from Autumn two months ago, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and I mean, it took us all a couple of weeks to like get our sides of it done. And then we knew we needed to set a meeting for us to do it together. I think we maybe even set a meeting or two that didn't quite make it before we actually were able to sit down. And I not so joked many times that we all needed to have wine. None of us did. We all came completely sober um, to get it done. But it is it's just really heavy conversations. And I think that's I think that is one of the most 
important things that I have taken from this because I I work with a lot of people. Like, yes, I'm a you know online entrepreneur and I I'm my own boss and all that jazz. But but I, I have lots of contractors. I have a couple of employees. I partner with David. I have Kathleen. I have Tara and Caitlin. Like I have I have a ton of people that I work with and. The people that you partner with the easiest, the best, and the people that you partner with that you make the biggest impact with are the people that are able to have hard conversations with you, period. And like, I think because we all got through this operating agreement, which at the moment is the hardest conversations we've ever had to have, like, what happens when one of us dies? (laughs) What happens when two of us dies, Um, like those sorts of things, whenever you can have... Oh, right, because we were like, most likely one pair of us is going to die together, whether it be me and Emily on a vacation together. (laughs) Right. Falling off a yacht. Join us in Miami. Or it's going to be David and I together or you and Tara together. And and what happens whenever, what happens to like my equity if David and I are in a car crash? Like, do you get it all? Does Lily get any of it? Like, just so many things. But whenever you can have those hard conversations with someone, you just, you know, you're in it. Like, and I've, I've been in touch with plenty of people that you cannot have a hard conversation with. And those people are not good partners. Period. You know, what, you know what's so funny is I don't even think that's the hardest conversation I've had with you. What's been harder? Admitting to you the other day that I was having a really hard time getting shit done. Oh, honey. It was so sweet. hard for me to tell you that like I was just feeling scattered and I was having a hard time like getting started because I feel like you're just over there always grinding away. And then to admit to you <laughs> that I felt like I almost felt like I was admitting to you that I didn't feel like I was pulling my weight, even though that's not the case, because I do feel like I've been working really hard. I just feel like I can't tackle my to-do list in the same way that you're able to, at the pace that you're able to create my to-do list. (laughs) So, you know, it was really hard. It was really hard to kind of admit that to you, but then you were like really kind and you're like girl you just need to get out the post-it notes write three things on a post-it and it was it was fine and you know it's always been that way with Tara too like the things that I'm really scared to talk about like even money for example um once I talk to her about it it's so much better and same thing for you know any sort of relationship the things left unsaid are sometimes more difficult at least for me than the things yes. that are said. Well, and I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, what you were just saying about like, you just, you sort of have these hard conversations and they're not that bad. I mean, we did this operating agreement and we decided to talk about it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's obviously not quite that bad. Um, and, and I agree. I mean, I completely agree. Hard conversations, once you get them going, are rarely actually that hard. Um, I kind of had fun with you and Tara the other day going over this operation agreement. Um, And, you know, this is like another um, example of working styles because I actually was not dreading the uh, the operating agreement as much as you were. Right. And it was just kind of procrastinating, again, (laughs) with my problem of getting things done. Uh, It was just kind of kept falling at the bottom of my list. But there are certainly things that are hard for me to talk about. And I think one of them might even be like roles or communication styles. 
you know? Yeah. Like for me, that's harder to talk about probably than an operating agreement and like what happens if we die. Probably because I'm like, I talk about what happens if we die for fun on a date. <laughs> you do? <laughs> you are a hysterically morbid person. Um, yeah, well, and, and I think... I think there is also a difference between all of the what ifs and the what is mm. because that like you can we we what if it all day long like that I, is a pull quote right there if I ever heard one <laughs> right tweet that um but really though like what what ifing is hard and going morbid for me is not as fun as it is for you um but you definitely make it more fun for me <laughs> And I appreciate you for that um, because but, but it is the things where, you know, where are we in this moment and are you having problems getting things done or what things do you want to be doing all day and what things do you need to delegate and what things because I'm looking at you, Kathleen, what things are you afraid to delegate? Oh, oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, snap. I think I just got called out right there. Um, so, no, these are all really great questions. And I actually started, so one of our tasks this week was to outline our roles. And Emily posed it to our entire team for being boss. Okay, this is another thing. We've started having Wednesday huddles, if you will. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be 30-minute long meetings, but they're always an hour. <laughs> We're supposed yep. to only cover three things in each meeting, but we always cover like eight. <laughs> um, so we were asked to all kind of outline our roles. And this isn't just me and Emily. This includes our team, primarily right now being Caitlin and Chris and Corey. So I started to work on my list of roles and things that I love doing. Okay. And under it, I started writing things I need to delegate or create systems within those things. So, like, for me, the biggest things that I love doing and being boss are obviously co-hosting, literally getting on the podcast with you, which is just a fraction of what we actually do. I wish I could do more of this. (laughs) Um, I love creating content and agendas around that. Mm -hmm. We're about to launch a blog, and I love the idea of kind of in the same way that I create content or help coordinate our editorial calendar doing that for the blog, except really I can imagine Caitlin taking a lot of ownership over that. But Caitlin's going to be filling out her own roles, so we'll see kind of where there are overlaps and where there are disconnects. Um, One of the things I love doing is creative direction, and right now we're rebranding, and that's probably the thing that I'm slowest, that's probably the thing I'm feeling the most guilty around, like not being super on top of lately. Um, Because you know what I think it is? I think it's actually going back to that creative process thing where I'm feeling a little bit intimidated and paralyzed just because I want it to be so good. So it's not even the kinds of problems that I face now. It's kind of facing the same problem that I would face maybe five or seven years ago as a creative of like, okay, I want this to be really good. And I will say it's hard to delegate that down. Like just in my... In my, and you know this, having gone through braid methods, like whenever it comes to design, I can get real particular. And it's something that I take for granted now because I've been doing it for so long, but it's still so much a part of who I am. I really care about how much spacing is in between letters. Amen. I care about, you know, like getting the certain right cropping on a photo and getting the right amount of like composition in a grid. It's just... 
never ending. It gets deep. But I love doing I love doing it. And once I'm in it, I love it. Anyway, so I love creative direction, brand management. I love um, – I actually love engaging with our guests and our sponsors, like, on the back end. I don't like yeah. all the emails necessarily, but, like, kind of courting those people. I like that part. So that's the stuff I like doing for being boss. What about you? What do you like doing? Um, I like showing up to record. That's one of my favorites. Um, I really see, I really enjoy like the team management part. I like, like brainstorming and I guess ideating is one of my favorite things. And like whenever you and I get to hang out together and just sort of go over like what we want to build, like what we want this to be. So a lot of the planning and stuff. Um, but then I really enjoyed taking all that planning and tasking it out. As you know, <laughs> Kathleen, <laughs> that Asana scary place um so I really so like you know, doing it's funny I bet I feel guilty because you're doing this thing that you love doing and I'm not doing more of it uh, oh this happened with me and Tara a lot too like where she would feel guilty for not doing a lot of blogging and interviews and stuff like that and I was like what I love doing that part just let me do it yeah well see so that's how I funny. feel I love tasking things out I like getting into a sauna and taking so you know right now we're doing a rebrand and website and going in and just saying all right we're doing a website here are the 80 million to do's we need to accomplish to get there um and tasking those out and just sort of keeping that managed and and like, you know, I do the I do the little agendas for our meetings every week. Um, so I really like that sort of team management side of things. Um, I also I like some of the tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also but that's also on my delegate list. Like, you know, I edited the podcast for a long time. Like I'm the one who figured out where it all needed to be hosted and got all that going. And and I guess right now we're we're done with the hosting part and we're getting into like new email marketing platforms and um, signing up for things like lead pages. Like I really like figuring out what we need to make things do, but I am perfectly fine with delegating someone actually setting it up for us Yeah, personally. Um, so what else do I like to do? I really like writing too. I'm really excited about writing content for, uh, for our new website. Um, and that's something that I've been doing, doing quite a bit lately is just getting a couple of blog posts together so that we have some to launch with. And I've really enjoyed getting back into writing, which is something that I stopped doing whenever really kind of when we started this podcast, like I stopped writing as much because I was, you know, putting content out another way. So getting back to actually writing has been a lot of fun. Um, I really love that you guys do like the content planning (laughs) and, um, and then I'm able to just show up and grab a couple of blog posts and write them up. So, um, so I really like writing that content. Um, and then there are tons of things that I'm really okay delegating, like whether that be, um, again, a lot of the actual doing the tech things or like the social media stuff. Like I'm fine with somebody else posting all of that stuff. Ooh, so I was going to say, I actually like the social media, like kind of creating and curating content for social media. Oh, good. Do that. Not that I literally want to post it, but kind of telling Caitlin like, hey, add this to um, our Edgar or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like that too. Um, and Ed or kind Gunn of like figuring out social media plans, and I know that's part of what Chris does too, right? Well, see, and and so that's like a really funny part in our business is because you have Caitlin and I have Chris, and Caitlin and Chris kind of do the same things in our individual businesses. Um, so, and that's really where one of uh, one of the things that prompted um, 
prompted this idea of like, let's get in here and really make some roles for everyone is that I was really getting confused as to who I should be getting to do things. Right. Um, so, you know, if we have a task come up, like, do I email Chris or Caitlin or do I just send it to Kathleen? And then, no, of course I don't send it to Kathleen. I'll send it to Corey <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it may be. So, um, so really just sort of, and sort of getting Chris and Caitlin out of their roles at Braid and Indy because they will still have those roles, but giving them sort of a whole separate set of roles for being right. boss, I think because is I can, a big one for me. I can totally see Caitlin taking more creative control over the blog and overseeing that in being boss and kind of coordinating guests. We don't even do that at Braid. Um, and I right. think it really fits in line with more of her own personal business that she just launched too. But okay, so as I was kind of figuring out my roles, which really to sum up our co-hosting, content creation and curation, including the newsletter, I've been really enjoying writing the newsletter. And they've been great. Oh, Um, sponsorship relationships, creative director. So then I started to realize, though, that I need help in some of these areas. And so I'm just going to list up, list up a few things that I wrote down including like um, where I need help with content creation and curation, all the technical logistics and the details, following up with guests prior to recording, following up with guests after recording, thank you gifts, you know, like things like this that actually start to, um, and that is also in sponsor and guest relationships, um, things like actual implementation of coordination and posting blogs, social media follow-up, um, editing and literally loading and sending out the newsletters. Like there are things that I like doing, like writing a newsletter, but I don't like loading it up into the system and hitting send. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, you know, and it's not that bad. And it's stuff that we do and stuff that we've done in our own businesses. And I still do it in Braid. Um, but, you know, something that you said the other day really resonated with me where if we're going to be a big deal, we need to start acting like a big deal behind the scenes. And that means just getting a lot more organized. It means delegating a lot of stuff off of our plates so that we can do what we're best at because anyone can load up a newsletter but not anyone can hold the vision that we hold for being boss and that's really where we need to focus our efforts amen to that I completely agree and and this is something it's something that I struggle with a lot like Oh, I'm going to get super vulnerable here. Mm. So one of the things, one of the things that I struggle with a lot is like me within my team. Um, Because like I have my really great team and sometimes I feel a little guilty that like I'm not in the dirt as much as they are. Like, for example, one of the big things right now is the new website and guys, it's on WordPress and I really (laughs) hate WordPress. A whole lot. And, um, and so. Which like, I don't even know what that means. I know. I know. It's fine. I, I get really techie nerdy and angry about it. It's fine. Um, and like my list of reasons I was telling Kathleen earlier, she's just looking at me like, what? Um, it's just a thing. Trust me. And like, I was trying to get in and, um, like just trying to like pull my weight, quote unquote, and, uh, get in and just like style up some things and in the code. And because I'm just not a WordPress person and because it's just like principle for me at this point, like I'm just an angry old woman about it. Um, I couldn't get it done. And so I just like pushed it all to Corey and then I feel a little guilty about it. But guys, like, I hire my team for this. <laughs> um, so for me, that's that's a really big struggle is um, is as a boss, 
putting myself in the position to be a boss um, and not feeling guilty that I'm not as in the trenches as the team that I hire to be in the trenches. Um, and sometimes I let that sometimes I let that sort of deter me from like doing doing the things that I need to do because sometimes I feel like I should be doing the things that they're doing too just because they're just as icky as like. So maybe you were projecting whenever you asked me what I was scared to unload off my plate. <laughs> so for Damn. me, I am sorry. Um, something I, the real conversation here. Right. Um, sometimes I feel guilty with my team just whenever I feel like I'm not as good at something as my team is. But we were just talking to Meg Keen from the Practical Wedding and I think she even mentioned something about hiring people who can do things better than you can. And oh, yeah. really no shame in that game. I think just early in our boss career, we were so used to hiring people to train them in something that we were already doing that now whenever we have to hire people or rely on our staff to do things that we just don't know how to do or don't know how to do anymore. Like there are some things that I used to know how to do oh, yeah. and now I don't Well, see, at all. that's the most frustrating thing to me about this goddamn website (laughs) is that I do websites like websites are my jam like I love code and I get really nerdy about it and there are things about this that I I just want to like dig into this website and make it amazing but I just can't and so for me for me with this website it has literally been just letting it go and know like and even now like I am mocking up a website that is already designed and loaded but I'm mocking it up anyway so that I can make the tweaks that I need to make stylistically so I can send them to Corey so that he can do what he's really great at. And that is implementing my designs um, as needed. So absolutely, I'm totally projecting on you. (laughs) So then this is like an interesting overlap of roles. So the other day you mocked up the sales page and I looked at it and it's good. But (laughs) it's fine. It's fine. But, you know, I'm on the other end, like really crafting this typography on our images. And so I had to ask you, I said, hey, would I be stepping on your toes if I redesigned this? And you're like, girl, no, go for it. I just need the branding to be a little deeper. I just need one more like hierarchy of typography. I was like, I gotcha. But I kind of had a different vision in my head. And I just want to make sure I wasn't stepping on your toes. So again, that's another example of where, you know, even you and I, our roles as creative directors overlaps a little bit. And I had to make sure that I wasn't crossing boundaries of what was acceptable for me to be designing and really what you already had in the can. So, and I think for us, there's going to be a little bit of redundancies there or, you know, one of us working on something only to have it redone by the other person. And I... I want to point out, though, that I don't think that that is inefficient. I think what it does is it allows both of us to get in the trenches and kind of noodle on something together um, because then it is still like really collaborative. And Liz and I do this even within Braid all the time where we will ping pong a design back and forth until we get it to where we want it. And I I haven't had that relationship with very many people ever. Oh, like we can I be have ping pong had. buddies. I know, we can be ping pong. I love it. So anyway, that was just another interesting roles area where I said, okay, you know, I know that you design and develop, but can I tweak this a little bit? Or can I change the typography a little bit? Yeah. So, Well, and, and I, so, I also want to like throw another layer on this too, because like I also didn't care. <laughs> 
No, exactly. And, and I know that, well, and honest, like I did it. So that's been another, like one of our like li- things on the to-do list is sales pages. Cause it was a sales page layout. And, um, and like the whole time I'm choosing this other font, I'm, I think David was even in the room in, in the room. I was like, Kathleen's going to hate this shit. <laughs> I didn't hate it. <laughs> but still, I needed to get something up because my yeah. thought was if I can get this started and if I can get this began and Kathleen can have a beginning place, I knew you were going to come into this exactly. and absolutely want to change it. So like maybe you, you did place. that font just so I would get it done. You're like, this will <laughs> set a fire in her No, ass. I could have done a worse one. I definitely, I thought about it. But, no, it but wasn't I think, bad. It was. No, I know. I know. It, it really wasn't bad. I like the font. Um, I will use it for some something else someday. But um but it definitely was one of those things where, you know, as creatives and by God we work with them all the time, as creatives, you can get really stuck into what it is that you do and think that no one else can do it better or as good or anywhere near you. And like I think one of the things that allows us to work really well is that we do know how to ping pong. Like neither of our egos are that large yet. <laughs> <laughs> That, um, that like, I'm not going to get offended if you want to, you know, go tweak something. Um, I mean, okay, but said- caveat. <laughs> Except for that time that what, Kathleen? No. <laughs> I just want to say that whenever you and I delegate down too much, we, I think that there is a certain amount of us being type A creatives and having creative control over our brand. And I'm specifically talking about design and writing. And whenever we delegate in, you know, the content, like it would be like someone else coming on our podcast and talking, which we have guests all the time, but you know what I mean? Like someone else being the host, it just wouldn't be the same. And so I feel like there have been times in the last year where you and I have been in a pickle. Like for example, um, over the holidays, whenever Liz was on maternity leave and I had to really step up in braid, we were having to delegate a lot of stuff down. And I feel like the quality, not because our team isn't talented, but because again, you and I, our main role in being boss is holding the vision for what it is. I felt like that vision was, um, was slipping a little bit and by nobody's fault, but our own, because if, if we can't delegate, like if we can't delegate properly, it means that we're not setting proper expectations for our brand. And it means that we need to communicate that much more, but sometimes you and I just have a hard time finding time between our client work and all of our tasks and to-dos to really communicate with our team what it is that we're doing. So we even had Caitlin recently was like, okay, whenever you guys really get this branding underway, can you like create a slide deck that really tells us what's what? And so that's why we're taking being boss through the braid method so that we can create that brand and business vision platform that we can then share with our team so they know exactly the tone we're trying to strike. Yeah, definitely. If if I have learned anything from, you know, this partnership and and you know, building this thing with someone, but like not even just with you, but like having a team. Like there are what, like six of us ish? So shit, what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> um <laughs> But like I think seven. One of the Eight. things are you serious? Well, okay, let's let's count this okay. actually. So, so that you guys know who all goes into making Being Boss happen, it's me and Emily, Tara, mm-hmm. David, Caitlin, Chris, Corey, and then Jessica. Is that eight? Is yeah, that's eight. Nice. And I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. 
Nice. And then there's all of our guests, all of our fans. Oh, um, we have our Facebook group moderators, Jessica oh, Whalen yeah. and Jennifer Bryant Robbins. Yeah, there you so, go. Ten. There are ten of us. I mean, um, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. But if there's anything that I've learned, you know, in terms of doing this partnership is just like is really how to communicate and like and we don't have it down pat now like that's why we need to do roles like I don't know who to communicate to and how I should do it and they don't know what the brand looks like and sounds like and that's why we're doing a slide deck like if you want to partner with someone you better learn how to talk (laughs) (laughs) and like and talk concisively and decisively and know how to just know how to deliver expectations I like that you just said concisively (laughs) I, I like to make words. Is that a made-up word? Concisely. Oh, is it? I mean, if we're going to show people how we actually talk, we might as well show them the made-up words and making fun of each other from right? making up okay. words. I like concisively. I think that sounds good. Okay, so concisely and decisively. Um, but communication is absolutely key. Um, and like doing this website this brand and website like I know if either of us were to like sit separately and do this like apart it would have been done three months ago (laughs) it's so true right funny because it's true it's so true but because there are so many moving parts and because we were all involved and because like I would have just developed up that sales page and said screw it I don't care But like there is this there is this whole other process that goes into doing what we're doing now. And like if if you are ready for shit to take three times as long as it usually does, like being a solopreneur, then high five partner up. Um, But what I will tell you is that the product that we're able to make because it's the two of us slash 10 of us is so much bigger and better um, than if either of us were sitting in our opposite corners doing it ourselves. Not trying to make someone cry. Go get I the that, I like. I almost teared up a little bit. I'm. I'm being Sweet. honest. Oh, honey. you know, because it's true, and yeah. Oh, but I also think um, you and I are doing a lot of new things that we've never done before. Oh yeah, and we were so, talking and, about that the other know, day. I haven't really designed up a website in a long time, and so for me, it's like. You guys, I don't understand. Like, what size do I make this picture? And then, and then it's wrong, right? Well, like, how does responsive web work? I don't get it. (laughs) Well, yeah, okay. So we were talking about this on several fronts the other day. One of which being that, like, we don't have a daily routine anymore. Like, everything we're doing on any given day is unlike anything we've done on any previous days. Period. Because everything mm-hmm. we're doing is totally new, which is just sort of making our entire lives totally wacky. But you're also right. So like, usually you guys would deliver to me a full brand and I would design a website around it. Mm-hmm. But you guys or you are having to build out a brand further than you've ever, not ever, <laughs> but further than you've had to in a really long time. Well, and also I'm... I'm building it to what is actually to where the brand is actually going to live. You know, usually I'm building a brand platform in a really broad way where people can use it in a lot of different ways and really just have all the ingredients. I'm not, I'm not going to say wasting my time. I'm just trying to be really efficient about building our brand. It really actually would have gone by a lot faster if I had just built the platform first. (laughs) Hindsight's 2020. But I've kind of been tailoring it. Okay, this is what I've been doing. I've been tailoring it to the website versus creating this like broad stroke platform first. 
anyway, that has like the, its pros and cons. And well, and I think I'm kind of building together, this house as I go. And all together, I think that like our processes are broken right now. I mean, like because you have a process for doing a brand, I have a process for doing a website. Like, and not only not only are we holding ourselves to these like whole other level of standards but we're doing it completely out of our usual boxes like I'm developing or I'm not even developing the it's on WordPress (laughs) I haven't done a WordPress website in forever so uh, I mean five years easy so whenever I think about whenever I think about just what we're doing and with this many people um and with sort of scattered roles and we're just trying to figure it out ourselves it's just this whole other beast that's just amazing and kind of crazy so i kind of want to wrap up this episode just by saying um we obviously talked about ourselves a lot in this process but what i want to say is that for anyone partnering up it is a lot of talking about yourselves and i just wanted you guys to witness what it's like for Emily and I to have these conversations because the truth is we don't have it all figured out. We have to talk it through. We don't have like a business plan mapped out on paper that is guaranteeing success for all of us. We're just kind of fumbling our way through it. And so a lot of times that's what a partnership looks like. And that is okay. Um, I think as long as you love each other and respect each other, and have the same vision in mind and talk all the time, you're going to be good. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Find show notes for this episode at lovebeingboss.com. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on our website, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Did you like this episode? Head on over to our Facebook group by searching Being Boss on Facebook and join in on the conversation with other bosses or share it with a friend. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. Uh-oh, hang on. Fox's school is calling. Ruh-roh. Hello? Oh, whew. what's up, Fox? Huh? <gasps> Fox, you want poo poo in the potty? Uh, hi, Fox. Can you tell me again what you did? Did you go poo poo in the potty? I'm, will you take a picture for me? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Thank you for calling. Um, no, well, I was, I'm recording a podcast right now and I was like, oh my God, is Fox okay? Like, you know, your heart jumps whenever you get like a call from school. <laughs> well, I'm so glad he's okay and that he poo-pooed in the body. I'm so excited. Thanks for calling. Um...
Bye. Bye, Foxy. I love you. Bye. Poo-poo in the potty. Foxy just poo-pooed in the potty. So his school never calls. Yeah, you just had a freak out face. I saw it. Oh, man. So, like, real conversation. The school just called, and I was freaked out. And she almost sounded like she was crying whenever I answered the phone. And I was like, oh, my God, what happened? And and she was like, Fox just poo-pooed in the potty for the first time. That's amazing. It's always a happy day. Look at look at this. Big boy poop. <laughs> like that. Oh, I'm so proud of my baby pooping on the potty. I'm proud of him too. That's big deal. That's big deal shit. <clears throat> Very proud. It's actually a really tiny little poo-poo. It's, it's not the size. I love that there's like a little skid mark in the bowl. <laughs> that kid waffles waffles <laughs>